This is a podcast to commemorate Brandon Roberry, um, husband of Kimberly Roberry, me, and seven kids. These are just the memories that our kids had of growing up with him. This is to commemorate his 48th birthday. So it'll be fun to hear what all the kids remember from when they were growing up. Love you, Brandon. Hey, Dad, it's your favorite child, Tyler, here. Uh, giving you some memories for your birthday, um, which is today. Um, let's see. Growing up, I always knew you'd be around. Um, appreciate it now, thinking about my kid and uh, all the different work opportunities you have where, you know, you aren't necessarily around all the time. So I know that you spent a lot thinking about, you know, how would this affect the kids and where am I going to be? Am I going to be able to coach soccer or whatever? Um, so really appreciated that growing up, appreciated the example you are, the, the discipline as well, trying to teach us to work hard and become little salesmen. Um, think back to my state fair water bottle days. Those were great times. Could probably use some more experience now. Um, yeah, just love you lots. I know that um, Maddie's thankful to come from such, or to have a husband come from such awesome parents, and um, we both wish you the best birthday and hope that we talk soon. But thanks. Love you, Dad. Hey, Brandon. Happy birthday. Um, just wanted to recap on a memory that I had with you. I think there's a couple that definitely stick out. Um, for sure, the early morning CrossFit workouts were a blast. And I think the, probably the most memorable um, that I've had with you is just when we went to Denny's that night when I drove up from Cedar, um, when I asked you if I could marry Lene. That was definitely um, an experience that I will definitely never forget. And um, definitely look back on a lot so just wanted to say happy birthday and uh hope you have a good one happy birthday da da 48th birthday you old man um just wanted to tell you happy birthday and tell you about a few of my favorite memories probably ever um from growing up um i would say that my favorite first memory that I really, really remember was when you coached my crush soccer team. Um, but specifically what I remember was that me and Sasha would sit in the back of our RV that we would drive to soccer practice at the Eaton Prairie soccer fields or wherever we were, I guess. Um, I also remember, I mean, Virginia, that's what I meant. Um, but we'd ride in the back of our RV and we'd get there and on the way you'd play all these songs to try and pump us up and you'd play all these um, old crush videos. And I just remember being so, so excited for the games, but so much so because I wanted to impress you. And I remember I would play because I did love soccer, but I also wanted you to tell me good job after the game and I wanted to hear you say you did awesome and to hear you say all these good things about how I played because I knew that you loved soccer and I knew that you wanted me to be good and wanted me to um do my best and so I thought that was really cute 
how you'd always do that for us because I know it wasn't the easiest for you. Now, looking back, I didn't understand it at the time, but now I know that you had a lot of other responsibilities or things that you probably would rather have been doing with your time, but you decided to spend it on the soccer field, and um, I'll never forget that. Um, Another one that I remember was... I remember when I was little that I just wanted to be like you in any way I could because obviously I looked up to you a lot. And uh, when you were training for your marathon, I remember riding my bike alongside you for it felt like a million years every single morning. And I remember a couple mornings waking up and thinking, I'm going to run by dad this morning. I'm going to run by him. I'm going to do it. And then I think to myself, okay, I can't even run two miles. There's no way I could run 15 with dad this morning, but maybe... At least I can ride my bike next to him, and at least I can do this, and that'll make me be like him, because then if I ride my bike for long enough, then I'll get in good enough shape where I can start running, and then I'll be like my dad, and then once I'm like my dad, I'll have made it. This is kind of how my thought process, thought process was. Um, those were some good times, and then, honestly, the most recent memory that I love to look back on is a speech you gave at my wedding. I know we haven't seen each other in a while because we live far away, um, but you'll never know how much that speech meant to me, honestly. Um, the way you talked about my mission, just how much you loved me and things like that. I, I know that it's not super common way of how our family shows love is by telling each other we love each other and all that stuff, but um, it's still good to hear sometimes, and so thank you for giving that speech and um, we've had lots of fun memories, and of course we've gone on tons of trips. I loved our Philippines trip. Um, I loved going through my endowment, even though my initiatory was in Cebuano or whatever, and I didn't understand it at all. Um, I just really appreciate everything you guys have done for me and all the memories I have. Um, happy birthday, old man. I hope mom made it a super special day. Hey, Father, my newly 48-year-old father, how are you feeling? Oh, my goodness. You don't seem that old. I think you're always going to be, like, 25 in your heart. But anyways, I'm so grateful for you. Oh, my goodness. I <laughs> Being able to meet a lot of new people on my mission and talk to them about my family, it's been really cool to be, to be able to brag about you a little bit. In a lot of ways, not just that you're some super cool CEO right now, but also like how you were my soccer coach when I was little and each game was just like the most epic thing in the world and it was like win or die, you know, and just be able to share that has made me realize how much you've really done for me in my life and how much that um, you've helped me grow in a lot of different ways. One was through sports and through soccer, definitely getting out of my comfort zone. And the moment when I realized in soccer that, like, I can push back <laughs> and I can, like, I need to be aggressive to get the ball and to do what I need to do it was really cool because I think I was really shy at that point. Um, so it was, it's really cool to kind of look back and just be like, okay, that was cool. And it's like, okay, don't be shy to get the ball. You get the ball. Like, you make it happen, which is, of course, your motto. Make it happen. Just do it yourself and make it happen because it'll be better if you do it yourself kind of thing. 
and it's just what I've said to everyone on my mission. It's I'm just you basically here, but it's really cool just to see that motto throughout my life, especially with like photography and videography. And you've um, supported me through a lot of that, just growing. and finding ways to capture memories better always um, and just making it happen, you know? We learn together and we put these a bunch of videos together so that we can have them forever and show them to our kids and all that good stuff. But it's always good. You constantly just, like, you strive for better because you could definitely just, like, be where you're at and stay there, but feel like your personality you get bored and you want to do more and you want to strive better so it's always what you do and it's helped your kids especially me understand like don't be satisfied with me mediocrity sorry english don't be like satisfied with like the bare minimum right strive for better and don't expect others to do that like you do it yourself you make it happen kind of thing so very grateful for you dad you're so amazing. You're so wonderful. Oh my goodness. You're growing. You told us never to grow and now you're growing. Goodness gracious. But you're so amazing. Thank you so much for being an example of a wonderful father and wonderful priesthood holder and strong member of the church, lover of our heavenly father and our dear brother, Jesus Christ. You're so amazing. I hope you have a wonderful day. I wish I could be there so we could go on some scooter date or something to a random restaurant, but sending my love here from Itajubá and Minas Gerais, Brazil. Hello, it is Elder Roberry from the wonderful land of West Africa, Cote d'Ivoire in the Cote d'Ivoire Abidjan East Mission, speaking French. Yep, it is, it is the man. Anyway, that is not what we're here for. We are here to talk about my father. Now, my father recently had a birthday. He's, an, he's a really old guy. Like, I don't know. I can't describe how old he is, but he's really old. So I was asked to talk about some things about my father, maybe some memories, things I learned, just, you know, in case he dies soon, which is probable that we will have memories. So, I have split this audio into a few different sections, and I want to talk about, in no specific order, um, the things my father taught me. So again, in not a specific order, not complaining, doing what needs to get done. Mother comes first, just enduring music. Um, time is the most important. Um, people are the most important. And then the last one would just be just the general topic of religion. So, um, so let's start with not complaining. So throughout growing up and everything. I have mem many memories of my father being annoyed at us for not complaining. Like, for example, when we were on a hike, I remember I got a splinter. And I I'm pretty sure I was like four or five years old. And he had to, 
I'm pretty sure you had a pocket knife and you had to like dig it out slightly and I was just whining and crying the whole time and there were there were many, many examples of that. But throughout the years I remember my father teaching us that com- complaining really does not do anything. It doesn't help. It actually hinders what you're trying to do. And along with that, just doing what needs to get done. Um, I remember specifically with that, the campouts um, that I would go on with my father, usually uh, in Minnesota when I was under the age of 12, my dad, who was the scoutmaster at the time, I'm pretty sure he was the scoutmaster or one of the scout leaders, he would let me come with the older boys and we would um, we would just set up camp and we'd pretty much do what needs to get done. And no matter what my, I think I was nine or 10, no matter what my nine or 10 year old self wanted to do, it was like, no, we have to set up the tent. We have to like make dinner. We have to like do these things. Of course there was time for playing and everything, but I remember with those campouts, um, just as a little boy, um, doing what needs to get done. I do remember, I, I have one memory with just, just with the campouts. Um, I believe I was 10, maybe, and there was this lake by our house called Lake Riley. And what I didn't know is my dad was planning on camping on this nearby kind of park that was about maybe a mile and a, a mile and a half away from our house. And there's this trail that we, we could have been like done with the whole hike in 15, 20 minutes maybe, you know, but little, little did I know my father took me and all of the scouts. I don't even know how long, but as a kid, it felt forever. And we were riding our bikes for hours around the whole entire lake just to come to this one area that my dad wanted to camp out in. And then the next day we just rode the short way home. But, um, I guess that would go along with the not complaining, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so that's that's definitely been a big thing I've learned from him. Next would be a kind of, I guess this is kind of uh, on the same plane as in, uh, not complaining, but enduring. Um, specifically with this one, I remember my sophomore year, I started volleyball. And I did volleyball in eighth grade, and I enjoyed it. And I just was not really enjoying it my sophomore year. I was the libero. I was always in the back. Um, my coach kind of treated it as if it was like super professional, like we need to be super serious about everything. And he didn't quite get that. We're just sophomores in high school. No, none of us are going to go anywhere with volleyball, right? So uh, I just wasn't enjoying it and I really, I wanted to quit. But my father, my father told me, I remember this specifically, my, my father told me that I signed up to do this. I agreed to play for the team and I will play for the team until the end. And I, I really wanted to quit. It was not enjoyable, but I told them that I would. And so so I did. I played until the end of the season. Um, yeah, with that, that's the only story I have with enduring, but throughout just growing up to just getting through hard things. Um, ooh, here's a fun one. Mother comes first. <coughs> Sorry, I'm, this is my, like, I think third month in Cote d'Ivoire now, and I am still sick. I still have a cough, and I still have a runny nose. Yep. Anyway, next, mother comes first. Mother is, um, 
has always been the most important thing to my father. There's one story specifically with that. Um, we were outside. I don't remember what we were doing, but we had, we had, I'm pretty sure we had the hose. We were, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. He, at one point, told us a story. Well, it wasn't as much of a story as it was a scenario. He, um, so he had the hose and he was like, if all of you guys, if all of my children, all of my seven children were on fire with, with mother, so mother and all of the seven children were on fire, I would hose off mother first. She, she comes first. I would hose her off. I would make sure she's all good. I'd maybe give her a little drink from the hose if she was thirsty. Maybe I'd water her plants because I know she's trying to make, grow some plants right now. And then maybe I'll give you kids a few sprinkles. That, I remember that so vividly. And <laughs> that, that story and just the manner in which my father treated my mother always taught me that mother comes first. And along with that, just to respect women in general. Um, another story I have with this is um, <laughs> all the times we would make breakfast in bed for my mom on Mother's Day or her birthday or something. We would all be super sneaky and we'd come downstairs and make her eggs and toast and, and uh, smoothie or something. And I always, when I was young, thought that she would, my mom totally didn't know about any of this. And my dad leaving earlier than normal was was like she didn't know about it and she totally couldn't hear the blender going or anything downstairs, right? So she had no idea what was happening. So we would, and then anyway, we would just make a breakfast and then we'd go in and probably eat most of the breakfast that we made for her. But um, that, that was always a fun time. Um, ooh, one more story I have with just mother is um, when I was... Let's see, I remember specifically in Minnesota, when we first moved there, I think I was seven or eight, I, I was still in the habit of waking up in the middle of the night and then going to mom and dad's bed. But I remember, like, specifically, there was this one night, I woke up around midnight, like I usually did, and then I usually, I tried to find dad's side because he would always let me sleep with him, right? But mother would not. She would always push me out. So I remember this one night, I walk in and... I tried to see from my, um, from I guess from my little self, which like bump on the bed was bigger because that was dad, and I guess I misjudged because I went into one side, and within about two minutes I was pushed out and I was on the ground. <laughs> so I went down or I went around into the other side and instead of getting pushed out I got it was super warm and I got to sleep with dad for the night so. I have good memories of dad letting me sleep with him um, when I was young. Um, next one, I think this would be, these are kind of similar, but not at the same time. So people are the most important and time is the most important. I'll start with time. Um, I just have memories of dad coming home from work and us all jumping on him and I remember he would hold our hands and we would climb up his body with our with our legs and do little backflips and we just wanted to do that over and over and over and over again and I remember all the times it would be all of the kids against him in some wrestling match and we'd all <laughs> I think we have videos of this too but we all just I don't know as kids just jumped on him and did all the things he did um 
uh, for, let's see, something else for time. Um, my dad was always a, um, the coach. Whenever I did sports, whenever I was in soccer, he was usually the coach. When I did football, he was, I think he was one of the assistant coaches. When I did basketball, he was a coach. When I did, just whenever I did sports, he was always there. He always, he didn't want to be just the dad who was there on like game days and would cheer on their kid. He wanted to be there for the practices too. And he wanted to help me and be there for me. So I always remember, I have a lot of memories of my dad coaching. And that usually meant long days on the soccer field. I think it was, I think it's called Cloudy Field or when I can't quite remember, but the field in Minnesota has seen many hours of the Roberries on there because of all the times that my dad would coach all of our soccer teams and, and all the times my mother and my father would be at our games and at our practices. Um, I remember the father-son dates that my dad would do. I think it was like on Christmas or something, he would all give us like one daddy-son date or one, one like daddy-child um, date or whatever. So and we would get to choose what we would do. And usually <laughs> at this age, I love like bowling for some reason. So I would usually choose bowling and we'd get like some pizza or something and we'd spend an afternoon together. And I remember those being so much fun. And that really taught, like, it was just one afternoon, right? But I remember, I remember those times. And I remember feeling the love of my father from those. Um, also, along with that, I remember the father-son campouts. Um, there was one year that I remember I was so excited that I got home from school at, like, like 3.15, 3.30, something like that, like normal. And I just waited outside for like two or three hours until my father came home and I was just sitting there so anxious and so ready to get there because I was so excited to camp with my dad. <laughs> um, so just throughout growing up, I've always learned that time is always the most important, just spending time um, is always the most important. And then along with that, um, people are the most important. I think I learned this one the most during our Madagascar trip. Um, so my brother, Tyler, went to Madagascar on his mission, and my parents decided it would be a good idea to go to Madagascar for the summer for about two months and to do some touristy things, but mostly visit the people my brother taught, the people my brother knew, and just get to know them, talk with them, and... I gotta be honest, I did not like our Madagascar trip that much. It, I didn't find it at that time at my age that enjoyable. I think I would definitely find it much more enjo enjoyable now. But at that age, at that time, I, it wasn't that much fun. But we met so many Latter-day Saints that are faithful and that are happy. And we met so many people um, that I wouldn't have if, if my dad didn't put in the effort of... Um, meeting people and so from that trip I definitely learned people are the most important you can see <coughs> you can see touristy things all the time but you're never going to be able to talk with people from that part of the world and so I definitely learned that very important lesson um, 
and then another thing along with the trips like Madagascar and Thailand and the Philippines and everything recording the memories my sister Sasha was usually our vlog master and she would make vlogs for all of our trips and at the time I, I was always slightly annoyed because there was always like a camera recording stuff and I was like we don't need to record everything like it's okay but now that I look back after a little bit of time I realized those videos are my memories like yeah so recording and just I guess that goes along with like journals and videos and pictures and stuff but I always learned from my father that uh, memories are also the most important and capturing memories for posterity is very important um, music so I've always, I've been surrounded by music. I remember so many Saturday mornings when my dad was making like some smoothie egg breakfast or something of just like my dad's music. I remember a lot a lot of acapella music. I think that's definitely why I have such a deep appreciation for acapella music. Um, <clears throat> it's because I grew up with a lot of it. I remember Mr. Bassman was my favorite. That was like Mr. Bassman. I still can't find that arrangement though. I really want to find it. But anyway, I remember so much of the music and I remember my dad asking me a lot, what do you want to listen to Coleman? And of course at that age, I mean Elder Roberry. And of course at that age I was like, weirdo, because I'm stupid. So I remember many, many Saturdays and many times when we'd just be listening to music. Um, I remember the times my dad would help me with um, auditioning for something so my sisters signed me up to audition for uh, into the woods and the day before i was practicing the song agony and i remember my father helping me with that that was the first time i really tried out anything with singing so i remember that um, he he's also done a lot of projects with me um the first one i remember is when i first started getting into like recording audio stuff it just at the beginning of COVID, I just had so much time. I, I started filling it with my music projects. And we sang, um, what did we sing? I forgot what we sang. It's been a while. But I filmed this video on the top of our roof with us singing, and we were wearing suits, and we were all spiffyified and everything. I mean, my father took the time to do that with me. And now we have a video of it. Now I can look back on that. And he's, he's done other projects with me music-wise. And I... I always remember those. Um, I remember when my dad got um, picked, I, I guess picked, I'm not quite sure, but they asked him to be um, Thomas in the Lamb of God when we were living in Minnesota. And I didn't really know the significance of that. Like this Lamb of God was like a professional thing. And I think I'm not quite sure what it was, but I got to go watch my dad like sing professionally these other professional people and I, I definitely did not appreciate it at the time I was too young but I would love to go back in time and watch that again um, just with that beautiful music and then last but definitely not least is religion um, so as you know I am on a religious mission for two years speaking French so I've had much time to <laughs> think and ponder about this type of thing and so these are the things I learned from my father number one was 
Jesus Christ is the most important thing. Um, and the way I learned this is through his example. Every single Sunday, without fail, we would go to church. I did not like church as a young boy. It was just kind of sitting there while people tried to teach you. There were some parts when I would play with my buddies and everything, but as a young kid, I found sacrament meeting very boring. But every single Sunday we went. I remember a lot of weeks we had family home evening and we had scripture study. And I did not enjoy those a ton either as a young boy because we were reading about old people. My father and mother would try to explain and try to help us feel the spirit. And I remember so many times just the scripture study and the family home evenings we would have. I remember as my dad was called into certain positions as the scoutmaster, as the young men's leader, as the bishop, he served in each of those as he served in each of those callings, I remember him serving well, serving effectively. I remember specifically as a bishop, him coming home after, well, I, the Sabbath day in the, um, in the UAE was Friday. I guess not anymore, because they changed the... Anyway, it was Friday, so he'd come home on a Friday afternoon, and he'd just kind of look at me, and I could tell, like, he had to deal with something stupid at church, someone... I don't know, not following the commandments or something. And he just kind of looked at me. And I could tell he was exhausted. I could tell he was fed up, <laughs> I guess. But he always served effectively. He always he always was, uh, did what he was called to do in God's church. Um, he always prayed with us. I remember specifically when I was young, when we would call him for nightly prayers and he would answer. And we would have prayers with him, even when he was around the world, even when he was across the States, he would, he would call us and have prayers with us. Um, so the most important thing I learned from my father is through, first up, just through his example, how important Jesus Christ and God are. I often did not, um, effectively look at my father's example and follow it but throughout the years I've learned to appreciate all the things that my father did for me especially especially here <laughs> especially here <laughs> especially here watching it the kids, their fathers, <laughs> a lot of their fathers are not present, <laughs> a lot of their fathers don't treat them right, <laughs> I'm so grateful for my father, <laughs> I can't express how grateful I am, how much I love him. I'm grateful for you, Dad. Thank you. This is Joshua Rubber reporting live, um, talking about memories about.
father memories about Brandon Roberry. Um, let's see. Well, as memories go, there's always picture memories of when I was born, when I was young, when I was part of the soccer teams. And, you know, it from those pictures, I can then imagine stuff from those pictures. So I always imagine... Um, I, I do, I do, I think, remember some clips from when I was in soccer, when I was in the elementary school age, and we would always play, um, uh, keep away, um, from the, from our coaches, and, like, they, they can't, um, kick our ball outside of the goalie box, or else we lose, or, like, here, I remember always teaching that, him teaching us that um, if ever the ball gets in the penalty box, he would yell fire, and we we would all have to run towards the goalie box, no matter where we are, and run towards it, get get it out of the goalie box, and then keep playing. Um, but let's see, memories. Memories. A lot of the memories that I have now really started in Abu Dhabi. They weren't, they, I don't have too much of when I was in Minnesota and I don't, I don't have any of when I was in Virginia, but from Abu Dhabi, I do remember, um, plenty of times where, where, where dad would come home, we'd play games, we would, um, have dinner, play games, do all, do all this stuff. And in the end, um, he would always, not, I guess not always, but he would sort of try and find a lesson out of what we were doing or what we were um, having a conversation about. And he has definitely been one of the most influential people that I've, I, that I that has ever been in my life today. Um, he, dad has been, one of the, I don't know, best dads that could, ever come. Cause he's he's taught me, a lot. I I want I want to say at least maybe half the stuff or like. At least has put me into the mindset of, um, being this young, faithful, um, Latter-day Saint kid, and has really put into perspective of how grateful and how generous the things that I have gotten for it. Sorry, let me reiterate that. He has put me, he has put into perspective how generous I should be and how grateful I should be with all the stuff that I have. And has really put into perspective the world around me as well as the world I'm living in right now and how vastly different those two worlds are and how even with these two worlds in the same world we can still make it very impactful difference and still be able to make it to become heavenly father's servants and heaven and being with heavenly father and jesus christ again and 
dad has that that has shaped me with mom <laughs> that has really shaped me into the man I am and how I treat others as well as treat myself and as well as um especially with the skills that I have and how I were able to attain those like in a bunch of our um either father son campouts or just um scout campouts um there are plenty of times where he would teach me something learn learn or teach me how to um hold a blade properly how to i don't know sharpen a stick properly and um it was yeah it was it was pretty neat um now now that all of those memories are coming back um but it's it's been it's been one of the best experiences let's say um and whenever and he's always someone that you can rely on whenever at least recently um i was since uh, <laughs> since i broke my um 2020 um macbook air um, due to water damage, unfortunately. Um, I was contemplating, because mom and dad wouldn't buy me a new one, I was like, maybe maybe if I can do half, and I can pay for half, or, what, or whatever deal. And um, so I was actually really thinking of actually buying a new one, because I really liked the new one, and really enjoyed how everything worked, and my 2014 one didn't compare to the 2021. So... As I was complain as I was contemplating this, um, you know, Dad has those interviews where he just interviews you, like, see how you're doing, see how your goals are doing, see how you are on each of the levels, spiritual, physical, whatnot. Um, and at that question popped up, like, are you? What are you thinking about, like, the new laptop, and like, what what sparks your interest about it? And personally, because. When I had my 2014 laptop, I always did editing. I always did um, videos for classes. And I thought I was going to do the same now. But as time continued, as I was thinking about it more, like I'm, I'm only going to do generals in college. I'm not taking any video broadcasting stuff now. I'm not doing whatever. And so what is the point of getting a... a better processor for the computer if you're not going to do any of this stuff the 2014 works 14 one works just fine it there there are some a little bit of bugs here and there but like there's nothing too wrong with it and he he really changed my mind about that entire situation looking at the entire scheme of things as well as going to college like I was really thinking to actually stay my senior year, stay with my friends, um, have another year of high school. But then after one conversation, um, it was, well, high, like college has been the best year of my life. If, if you go, you get two years free, which is amazing. Um, and just like having to trust them about how college will be and how college um, is going to be, is going to be, like, you, you just have to trust them in that aspect, really, um, 
I, yeah, it's, it's been fun, but also very challenging in like how um, influential he is. So it's here and there, but you know, one of, but I think the best experiences I've ever had with dad were on the trips. On our Philippines trips, Thailand trips, and those those types of trips that we've been on all around the world. And, like, him being able to plan them or, like, hiring someone to plan them. And um, for him to take me, for him to do all these things with me. And it's, yeah, it, it's just, it was just a really fun time to be with him as well as learn from him as his son, and yeah, um, I think that's about it for me, but yeah. Uh, happy birthday to you, father. Hi, I know, it's Aaliyah, your favorite daughter, but anyways. This is my memories with father, because now he's getting so old, so gotta, yeah, memories. Anyways, we're gonna start off with a few quick memories of when I was a little bit younger. So my first one was that um, at the playground, and I remember my dad playing monster with us. I know I might have to explain a little, because monster is at the playground, and it was with when he would chase us around and try and tag us and him pretending to be a monster and I remember just telling him or yelling again and again for him to play because it was always so fun to have my dad chase us around and that was one and then let's see I only remember a few fate memories from when I was younger but what I remember was being so proud of myself because we used to do these um, wrestles where all the kids were at one side of the living room and then our dad was at, on the other side of the living room. And so um, I remember I was so proud because I was, I think, on top of him when he acted like he lost. And <laughs> being the dad he was, he was playing. Well, you are. You're playing along with that, that you died. And so um, one of my memories was that I, I thought I was so strong because I won against my dad in, in like, a wrestling match. And that, that, yeah, I like that memory because, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I like... I'm not, this isn't, yeah, this is more of a recent memory, but um, he always reports back on what he did at the CrossFit gym that morning, and so what he's been doing recently is he has been doing an X amount of weight on the deadlift, and instead of saying the amount of weight that he did, he would say, I did two or two and a half Kimmies today, and... I think that's just very sweet of him to do that and to turn it into a game for himself. Um, 
A fun memory is that he says this at least like every year when um, so pretend there is a fire where everybody in our house is on fire so mom all the kids and so and if you had a hose who would you say first his answer was always without a doubt mom she would she would get drenched with the water, get all dry, maybe give her a drink, maybe make sure she's okay, maybe a little power nap in between. And then you drench all the other kids to put them out of the fire. <laughs> and I thought that was a little fun memory because <laughs> it's just funny. So yeah. Um, I do have more memories when we got to the UAE. So talking about the UAE, I remember back in Abu Dhabi, he first announced it and called it random restaurants. And that is where we pick up, pick a random location on Google Maps and um, pick, pick a location on the map and then go to that area and pick out of a lot of restaurants where we wanted to go and we wouldn't just find like some KFC or McDonald's we would find the most sketchiest places but that's where we found the best places if that makes sense we found some amazing new places that way and that we didn't know of and and we still continue that tradition today so that will be one of my long-lasting memories of UAE in general, <laughs> and um, there are also many memories I, mem- memories I can think about on our many trips that you you planned, and um, I won't get into those today, but one of our most recent trips, if you didn't know already, was to Sri Lanka, and um, Oh, by the way, you should uh, look it up, look back at those vlogs because you know I made them, you know. So you should look up, look at them. But um, just to sum up all the trips in general, he make you make things happen. All our trips, you make the best experiences happen. You make us eat and stay in the sketchiest places. But that's where we find the most connections. I really admire that about you. And um, I remember one time, I think it was in Israel, we went to a Bedouin home. And that night we slept on the floor and ate rice and chicken with our hands. And it was just a very eye-opening experience for me to know how the Bedouins lived. And I know he just didn't open my eyes, but all my siblings' eyes. Because this is the first experience we ever had without our nice couches and forks for eating everything so I like that memory um what I also love is that he loves loves his kids deeply um one thing that I know is that he wants his kids to do right and he wants to have he wants to make like I don't want to say make us give us agency like for example when we ask for help he doesn't want he you don't want you don't want yourself to give the answer but you want to inspire us to figure it out in the best 
best solution for our answer and have reasoning to it. So he wants to not just give out all the answers to us, but he wants to make it a learning experience. And um, let's see. He wants us to be a leader and make own decisions for ourselves. So, and and all of us kids know that if we if we make make a bad decision or maybe not be the best at leading, that he is there, that you are there when we fall. And I just love that how you love your kids. So yeah. Um, there are many Christ-like attributes that I see in my father, but I'm just going to acknowledge a few. So first, faith and knowledge. He has complete trust and confidence in his heavenly father. And he's such an example to me because by having such a strong belief and knowledge in the gospel, I remember you having done a lot of talks, usually fills out half of his talk. And then you, you always say that you get inspiration to say the other part of it. And you, you even did a wonderful talk five minutes before you were supposed to speak. But just having that faith and knowledge is really important. And, and yeah, that's the first Christ-like attribute. But the second one I see is patience. I hear all these stories from mom of when mom had all the kids all day and dad come home from work seeing how tired mom was and mom and dad would be the ones saving the kids from mom um because there are many stories that mom can tell you that um <laughs> that um you saved tyler so we're grateful that Dad has patience, and we are grateful that we are all alive, because if, if you didn't have patience, then I don't know if we would have been alive right now. So thank you for that. And um, yeah. And also, if you didn't have patience, he would not be a wonderful so- soccer coach, father, church leader, and he is all that today. So, um, I think the third and final Christ-like attribute I will touch on is brotherly kindness. I am already aware that my father is a social person, person, and he needs to. He loves making connections with other people, but I think I learned the most from him about that, and I think. I wait, let me see. We learned a lot of that through uh, I learned a lot of that through you and through traveling to many different places. And I think that's partially what made you this way of brotherly kindness because you traveled around everywhere and you got to see all these different cultures and kinds of people and um I cannot remember any time where my dad did not treat another child God badly. There is nothing in my memory that tells me that my dad didn't love his neighbor. I think 
that is one of my favorite attributes of you because you're such an example to me in how to behave to others and how to automatically be friends with them no matter their religion religion or background and he shows me you show me that how to love each child of god the way that they deserve to be treated and i just want to thank you for everything that you do and i love you and happy birthday bye all right this is sawyer if you didn't already know uh this is for my memories with dad. Um, so I'm just going to start off with, I remember uh, back in Abu Dhabi when we went spearfishing that uh, it was pretty early in the morning. Uh, it was like at winter time or what would be winter time. So it was kind of cold, but I was really excited to go spearfishing. Um, so we got there, and then we waited for, like, the, the guys or the crew because their sons were also coming. And uh, they finally got there. Um, we went on the boat. Before we went on the boat... Uh, you showed me how to, like, cock a spear gun, so, like, to put it back together once you shoot it. And I obviously tried, and uh, it I failed because it hurt my uh, belly too much. And, and, like, shooting at just the water wasn't really fun at first, but we went off in the boat, and I was having a fun time because... I really like uh, just cruising around in the boat. That's just always been fun for me. Um, we were cruising around in the boat, getting ready. Uh, I was talking to the other boys. They, I think, were younger than me. Uh, fairly younger than me. I was looking at our spear gear. Um, testing how I would put on the uh, snorkel. And so we finally got there. I think it was on the other side of, uh, you know, oh man, where was it? It was next to, by, it was next by some rocks, obviously. Now I think it was at the other side of where we usually went, um, uh, uh, tubing, like when you dragged us out on a tube and it was really fun. I think it was at the opposite side of that and we got in and it was so frigid cold, uh, but we went out anyway. You taught me how to shoot the spear gun and also said I needed to be patient because you can't just look at one thing and fire at it. You had to wait until you had a golden opportunity to shoot at it. Because those fish, they were fast, man. <laughs> they 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 were pretty speedy, speedy dudes. Um, and 
uh, I remember you, I remember you starting, we, I'm pretty sure we both had spear guns, uh, and I fired, then I obviously missed because I redid the spear gun incorrectly, uh, and then some other fish came along, you tried to spear it and missed, and then there was this whole ton of different fish that swam right around you, and you're like, oh my goodness, there's so many fish, and we were, I was trying to get back to the surface of the water, watching you get surrounded by little fish that that looked so cool, <laughs> um, and when we got to the top, you're like, oh, man, I could have speared any one of those guys, <laughs> uh, but the, after that, we kept on going, you cocked my spear gun for me, because I couldn't do it yet, um, uh, you started diving down, which I was really bad at because I couldn't really hold my breath at all. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure you started catching one, two, maybe three fish, and my attempts were vague. And then uh, when I started tightening my... Uh, my snorkel, uh, I, I've been, like, trying to tighten it so many times that it finally broke, and I'm like, oh, snap, <laughs> and I, 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 like, told you, you're like, yeah, that's, that's what you get for trying to do it so many times, and, uh, you also noticed that I was shivering pretty hard. I didn't even notice I was shivering, but you're like, man, you must really be cold. So we went back to the boat. I'm pretty sure you went in, uh, back into the water for a bit, caught some more fish, and we saw some of the other boys looking around. Uh, we finally got back on the boat and uh, started uh, going back to the dock and... Uh, I'm pretty sure when uh I'm pretty sure you and me were both in the back talking about how to spear uh fish because I still hadn't caught one yet and you're just it was just a good learning experience for me. And I thought it was really fun, too, to try and spear fish. But the best part was uh, the people that came over to our house that always needed a fish or wanted a fish. And it was the greatest just giving the fish that we didn't need to them. Like, other than gutting the fish, because that's nasty. Uh, <laughs> you take out all their guts, ew, but other than that, they gladly take the fish, thank us, and it just feels really nice, um, 
to give people in need. Uh, and that was really fun. Uh, I remember eventually we went out and I did catch two fish that we gave to some more people. Uh, I remember them being very small and I like had to wait uh, like 15 minutes in order to get a good shot on them. But it was really fun learning experience and and it was something that really that I really remember from our times in Abu Dhabi. Um, another memory I have is, uh, is when I was like six or seven, uh, it was Christmas time in Minnesota, um, and, uh, it, and I woke up early as always at like, I don't know, 4 a.m., uh, and I got super excited. I tried to sneak out of my room, but for some reason there was uh, um, something in front of it. I think uh, uh, that see-through plastic, uh, what was it? I forgot what it's called. But you put that in front of our door because every Christmas we would always sneak out and be super loud. Um, but there's already a hole on the, ver the very bottom. So I just climbed through there and I thought it was being very sneaky. Uh, <laughs> I, I finally went downstairs, looked at my stocking. It was filled, and there's presents under the tree. Santa came. I told Josh and Aaliyah, which also were awake, but did only really moved until I told them. Uh, I also noticed uh, that everyone else's rooms had something in them, and I was just kind of playing around, being like, ah, what's going to happen? When can I go downstairs? Until I just went downstairs because Coleman also went down there. Uh, then I turned on the TV and it blasted music. It was so loud. And <laughs> I, I turned it off quickly thinking, oh, they might be, they, <laughs> you might still be asleep. <laughs> um... And then I quickly turned it on and turned down the music as fast, uh, the sound as fast as I could and started looking through my stocking. I thought I was being so sneaky. Finally, I heard like one of your, your door open or something. So I knew you'd come down the stairs that went right to the living room. So I tried to go to the other stairs.
and thought I was being really sneaky because uh, I didn't want to see you. Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> I did want to see you, but I didn't want you to see me just like up early eating all my snacks because I'm pretty sure you said we couldn't go down there until eight or something. And so I went back up to bed, looking out, peering out, seeing if you went downstairs, if that was somebody else going downstairs for like an hour or two. I was waiting. Me, Josh, Lee were talking. We thought we were being sneaky. It was our little rebellion. <laughs> um, and that was just a fun Christmas when we all woke up. Uh, we all opened our presents and it was really fun, but like a couple years later, you're like, man, you guys were so loud. <laughs> it it just reminded me of how goofy and crazy I was when I was little, and how sneaky I was while making absolute a hundred percent sound. <laughs> uh like knocking into walls or something falling. It was just really funny to see how I was and uh, how, you, how you saw me. Anyway, that's, I think that's all my memories for now. Uh, well, it's not all my memories, but that's all I have right now, so yeah. So I say, hey, this is Jake and Amber. Um, am I doing like the relation? Like yeah. Sharon is my mom. Yeah. Okay. Amber is your wife. Amber is my wife. <laughs> yeah. I, I was at a cousin thing not too long ago on the south side, and I'm like, hey, so you're dating that girl? And I'm like, to one of my cousin's kids. And he's like, that's my wife. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so this Amber is my wife. We um, we're just in Orem so by the Target. Yes, Daneman, Jake Daneman. There you go. Um, we're in Orem, living by the Target. Oh, that's fun. Amber is, um, yeah, eat away. Um, so Amber is a dance teacher in Lehigh, and loving that. She's also working on her masters. So that's our big thing is masters in learning, learning technology. Learning and technology. Um, yeah, so we're she's doing that, and I'm doing insurance with Farmers Insurance. So that is picking up. So that's my thing. Yep. You get special deals for Ben. Western Governors University. Is that online? Yeah, it's a purely online school built for people who are still working. Oh. Yeah. And so it's a competency-based like, program. And so you can take as long as you want with the course. So if you can like pass all the like assignments pretty quickly, then you're done with the course. Because you develop like you You pay by six months. So you pay the six months and take as many courses as you want. Wow. So I started February first. But then I realized that my capstone needs to have students. students. 
So my end of my six months is in July. Like I don't want to pay another we would, six months. We would pay another six months for. Oh, yeah. We would literally wait till August yeah. until students show up again. Yeah. So all my free time is been doing my master's. So I have one course left and then my capstone. So I plan on finishing that course this week. Just been flying. Capstone for April and May. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. That's awesome. So what what will you be doing or what? No, you're, you're, describe your. Yeah. So we just want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talk about like, learners, of, like a needs assessment, and figuring out like I don't know, like what they can need or are they lacking in, and if it's like a learner problem or like a like situational problems like that, like analyzing all the stuff, and then talk about like technology and which ones are good for the classrooms, like doing like rubrics to like figure out if this rubric is like this technology source is actually good for the students. Then who wants to put an instructional unit, build a whole instructional unit. And then now I'm on the research portion where I'm building my own like research proposal, doing stuff, and then a capstone. I'm not sure yet because I can't really see it until I unlock the course. <clears throat> but I have to teach my instructional unit, and I think I have to do my research proposal. So. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's it. And <laughs> yes. we're gonna cut to commercials. <laughs> hey, this is Jen and John Lund. We moved to our cabin full-time in October. We kept the kids all at the same schools. Um, and John still works from our Provo house, which is nice because then he just drops the little kids off at school on his way to work. And then I just have to pick them up, and the high schoolers drive themselves. So it works out really well. Um, Tyler... But yeah, he's 17. He'll be 18 this year. Oh, well, <laughs> Catch up, Jake. <laughs> yeah, Andrew will get his license in September, maybe October. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tyler and Mark are taking pickleball lessons at the club that's by the freeway, the pickleball club, which I'm a member of. <laughs> And I'm really into it. So I play at least three times a week. Um, yeah, I do like round robins. So I'll sign up for like a two-hour round robin. And they mix you up with different partners every game. And it's super competitive and super fun. And I've met like tons of new friends. And I have this, I call it my pickleball life. So I have all these new girlfriends and then during the boys lessons I worked it out with the club so that the parents have a play playtime <laughs> during the boys le the kids lessons there's there is one girl in the class most of them are boys and so John comes Tuesdays and Thursdays and so then it's like this parent club so because it's like if you have your kid in pickleball most likely you play pickleball to somewhat serious level and so it is so fun so it's this family thing unfortunately our teenagers don't have a passion for it like we do and so it is growing on it we're kind of sneaking it in and we have some pickleball courts at Springdale that are kind of run down we need to resurface them again but um, but we'll play as a family. Bring Suki up, and she'll just run around the um, the tennis court, and then she caught an owl. Once, oh my gosh! Like... It's like a baby owl. Oh, yeah, baby. Wait, that's so sad. <laughs> it's like our dog. We have a dog. Now. We have a dog. We got our dog in 2020, yeah. December, like a couple weeks before Christmas. It's a COVID dog. 
Yeah, yeah, COVID dog. Everyone got a She's dog. She's so cute, though. She's really cute. She's a Shiba Inu. Have I not been to your house since COVID? Why would you not have that in? Maybe not, Jake. You guys need to come around. We need to schedule. Maybe we need to schedule something for you guys to come around. But, yeah, so she was... Anyway, yeah, whatever. She caught an owl. That was exciting. Um, what else? John's busy with his... Um, app development business with restaurant ordering software. I got to be a movie star this week. He was a movie star. Complete with like makeup and everything. No way. <laughs> makeup artist. It's so weird for me. Some ladies like painting my face and powdering me before every shot and stuff. It was fun. Um, so what movie are you in? Well, it's not a movie. It's, it's a... It's a art company getting highlighted for like some conference. So, so that'll be really fun. Mm, you have to tell us when it airs so we can watch it. Okay. Yeah. The really the funnest part of it was that my ex girlfriend showed up in the middle of this because this was in a restaurant. We do a restaurant ordering systems. And, in Salt Lake, right? Yeah. So it was a it's this happening restaurant in Salt Lake. And while we're, well, yeah, anyway, while we're shooting, yeah, my, this girl walks in and I'm like, wait a minute, is that, is that, I hadn't seen her in 20 years. And she saw me, like she was looking at me when I, you know, like when you feel that somebody's looking at you and you're like, my eyes like caught hers and then she looks away, you know, anyway, she made it awkward by not just coming up and talking to me, but, but then She's eating her lunch and like through the window she's seeing me like get my face powdered and like and like the cameras and lights and everything are all around me. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Let me told his makeup artist. He's like so out that window is my ex girlfriend. I said if you promise not oh, to yeah. do anything weird or make this awkward for me. And she's like, Well, do you want me to like give you a massage? And so she was like putting lotion on my hands, like (laughs) babying me. She was a lot older. Just helps that that part of the story not be so weird. (laughs) Yep. So things are good. Just have the fort. Natalie extended a transfer, so she should be home now, March second. But she'll be home April 14th from the Netherlands, so we're excited for that. And then she and Amy will live together at the Riviera for spring summer. So that'll be really fun. What's Amy's plans? Uh, probably mission eventually. Yeah. She she just 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 doing her thing until she feels like it's time. Yeah. Well, she's only 18 still, right? Uh, no, she's 19. In January, she's 19. She and Coleman and what's the rubbery cute Justin? What's her name? Samantha. They're like all like the same, like in the twenties of one month apart. All three of them. So it's December, January, February. Anyway, so they they had a little bonding moment that Coleman will remember. Anyway, so that's us. We have done some work to soup up the cabin, make it fun, mainly to get projects that we can do together as a family. We built a shed. Look at the boys. The the intention is that they're gonna live there. Live. They'll sleep in the shed. So anyway, it's it's been a good project. We bought a hot tub too. Instead of the man cave. (laughs) We have a hot tub too. Love you guys. Awesome. Hey, this is John Roberry. I just got back home from the mission in September. 
um, which was actually a long time ago. I, I think I have at least video called with both of you. No, I think I've seen both of you since I got back. So um, I started BYU in this winter semester, so in January. Moved in to a place with some amazing roommates and right next to um, an amazing girl that I have with me in this podcast. His name's Allison. So say hi. Hi. Right? And so we've been dating for about a month now, and that's super fun. Um, I still don't have a driver's license, so that's fun. Trying to get that by May, I think, is the soonest that they will legally let me. Just, you know, annoying because England and Japan won't let me get it at all. Hey, we're working on it. Yeah. And still deciding what my major should be, but. I've got a couple options, and general conference is around the corner, so we're, we're looking, looking at that. Hello, this is Samantha Roberry. Um, this is my second semester at BYU. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been fun. I'm in women's course this semester, so that's exciting. Uh, we just barely filmed a music video, so that's coming out this Friday, and I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, my animal diversity class is amazing. My professor is insane. Um, but he's really fun. Like, we went to the river for class one time, and we, like, caught fish and worms and stuff. It was pretty amazing. So, yeah, I'm just having fun. I'm putting in my mission papers really soon. I just had my bishop interview today. Um, yeah, so I just need to get interviewed by the stake president, and then I should be good to go in the fall. So, I'm excited. Jason just barely put in his papers. Oh, sorry, Gabe. <laughs> Gabe, and like a week and a half ago, so yeah. he should be getting his really soon too. Ah, that's so exciting. I know. So where do you want to go? Um, I don't know. Up until recently, my answer has always been Russia. Oh, but no. No, maybe not. Not really an option at the moment. I know. I know. Yeah, so she ended up moving out. It's really close to Russia and Ukraine. What's your favorite part of college and being away? Oh, that's a good question actually I don't know there's just like so many opportunities here that I didn't have elsewhere so that it's like I don't know just find something because the, there's a ton of things you just like pick something and have fun yeah yeah so what have you picked? Uh, women's chorus. <laughs> <laughs> well and you're dancing though too you yeah. really enjoyed yeah. your dancing yeah yep that was fun I just had a medals test for that last week so I got evaluated by a professional Ooh, oh, nice. they, yeah. they said you got good moves I saw that <laughs> uh, <laughs> did they say you were practically perfect in any way? almost uh, well I got a 91 which is oh, not good. practically perfect but it's like you're a good dancer so okay that's awesome. exciting that's awesome, awesome. very cool alright love you guys me after I took my written test and passed it or whatever for a United States driver's license that I need to like now that I have my permit that I needed to pass another written test but this time it was online and I could use the book and everything and I needed to get a hundred percent on it 
I totally forgot where I put the slip of paper that told me where it was. So right now I'm trying to figure out how I do that so that I can just schedule. Do we have to go back to the DMV? No. I just got a new license and I had to take that test. It was horrible. Yeah? What? The book tells you everything. I just got a new license too. Yeah, cool. It was quite a fun time. A little adventure. I didn't know that I had to have um, two physical copies of like my address. Yeah. So I just brought digital ones and they're like, oh no, it needs to be um, like physical copies. So I was like, oh no. So I walked over to John and was like, Hi, we, we need to go print some stuff out. Want to keep driving me around? And then, so like, I went, I printed out my bank statement because I had brought in a letter. Brought a letter. And so they're like, oh yeah, the letter will work. And then we get back to the DMV and I take a closer look at the letter. It was totally just addressed to my hometown. So I was just like praying. I was like, Please accept it. Please accept it. Just make it so she doesn't look at the look at the address. And she did not. She just she took it, scanned it, and handed it back. I was like, "You're good." I'm like, "Okay, perfect. Thanks. I'm gonna go take the test now." That's probably not the first time that happened. Yeah. She probably, probably saw it and was like, I don't care. Probably, probably. She's just like, I just need to scan something. <laughs> so were you saying you served a mission? Yeah, I served in Chile and in California. Oh, very cool. Why both? Um, because of COVID. Ah, COVID. Yeah, the world <laughs> shut down while I was in the MTC. Oh, no. So were you in Chile first and then went to California or vice versa? Vice versa. So I was in the Mexico MTC when I got sent home. I was only in my second week. So then I finished the MTC online. I was released for two months. I went out to California for seven months. and then I got Roseville. And then I finished my last seven months in Chile. Wow. I'm glad you got to go. It was, it was, and then after I, so I, like all of that was fine, obviously, and then after I flew out to Utah, I was like, I am never, ever moving via airplane again, this sucks, I've done it like five times in the past two years, I'm never packing my life up into suitcases and jumping on an airplane ever again. Uh, that so was us know. last year. <laughs> so no military life for you, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be enlisted, dog. Yeah. Yeah. So how'd you meet this guy and why do you like him? <laughs> again. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't hear. I didn't hear this. That is okay. We met in Spanish class. Um, he kind of just asked me to study with him the week of our first exam, like every day. So we, we did a lot of studying together. He no, you forget. The, the first time I invited you, right? And then like a week passed and then I, it was my birthday. I was having a birthday party. And so I invited you to come to my birthday party because I you asked what I was doing. invited. He was like, right? you don't have to come if you don't want to. I, just I didn't feel think you would want to you. because you didn't know anyone else there. You only knew me. And then I told him I was going to come, and he was like, I can't tell if you're joking or not. Okay. You're like, I'm coming. I swear I'm coming. I did go, though. Oh, I know. His witty humor, his persistence, that definitely helps. 
I mean, good looks definitely caught my eye at first, you know, with the whole mask. Could see his <laughs> and super intelligent. Um, I really like his dedication to school because school is super important to me. So I really like his dedication to school and that he just lets me do homework 24 7 and just sits by me while I do my homework. He's taking 17 credits. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Most of my classes are online, so I can finish my homework. And just be chilling for the rest of the day. But she has a lot of homework. Why are most of my Um, because why not? Uh, it was the only thing offered for accounting this year, and IS 110 is a mixed class, technically speaking, but she said you can just do it all online. Anyway, so... For accounting and for IS 110? Well, there's only one teacher. It's Miss Larson for accounting. Okay. Or Professor Larson, and then it's... I think it's a... Hi, I'm Tenna. Um, I'm related to you guys because my mom is Janice's youngest sister. So I'm your dad Brandon's cousin. So I just got back from my mission. I also served in Slovenia. So actually one of the ladies I would always visit, every time she'd be like, what, like what's going on with like Sasha? What's going on with like all the kids? And I'm like, I actually don't know them super well, so I'm not <laughs> sure what's going on, but I'll try to find out for you. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. It was um, Anita who would always ask. Oh, so Anita. she's a sweetheart. Um, but the yeah, mites. the mice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for sure. Um, and now I'm going to school at BYU. It's my third semester. Um, I'm gonna study dietetics, and. Yeah, it's been pretty what fun. What led you to dietetics? Um, I, my family's just very, um, I don't know, health nuts, I guess, about certain <laughs> things. And my sister, she had breast cancer, and oh, so yeah. she had very interesting eating habits. So I feel like I noticed that, and I don't know, I just want to be very conscious of what I'm eating. Um, not that I'm perfect at all, but just, like, making sure I do get, like, good fruits and vegetables in every day and yeah. stuff like that. So... Yeah, um, and okay, we gotta hear the boy prospects. Boy prospects. Anything going on? Yes. So, um, before my mission, actually, there's a boy that I met like in high school. I, he's a few years older than me in school, but um, we never dated in high school. But then when I was on my when he was on his mission, it was like my first year at BYU. And I just, like, kept writing him. I just, I just, because I was, like, dating people, and I was like, I don't like anyone here. I just really liked him. So <laughs> I emailed him, and then he came back from COVID, and I, I got back from, like, school at that same time. And then we dated before my mission a few months. And then I went on my mission, and I told him when I left, I was, when I was, like, in the MTC, I was like, I can't see future of us. Like, just date other people. I, I don't know. I was really weird. Um, and then <laughs> he, still, he still wrote me, like, emails um, often. And then I got back from my mission in December, and then <clears throat> I told him when I got back, I was like, well, I'm going to Provo, and I'm dating other people because I need to make sure that I do want to date you. And so I dated a bunch of people, but I was, like, FaceTiming him the whole time, so he was, like, every update, after every day, I'm like, yeah, I didn't really like this about him. <laughs> and then we started dating, like, officially, like... Um, about a month and a half ago, but he lives in Arizona, so oh, his name's Jeremy. Cute. Yeah, so does he have a we'll cool see. mustache? Like, Jeremy? no, he doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> but yeah, and then for the summer, I thought I was—I had total plans to like do a study abroad in 
in, in Italy and then nice. live in Arizona the rest of the time. But I got convinced out of it because it's like super expensive and just thinking of like my future just probably wouldn't be the most ideal. So I'm going to do summer sales in California. San Jose, so I'm excited. But that keeps you away from Jeremy I know, it does. Longer. I'm trying to convince him to come with me, so oh, he might. Okay. So okay. we'll see. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my update. Nice. So what do you like most about him? Um, what do I like most about him? Where did he serve? He served in Ecuador. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. He is... He's better at me than everything so that's fun <laughs> I like especially with like games like or sports like especially card games I'm like super competitive and so yeah. if I go on a date and the guy's just like I like can beat him at everything I'm like no hmm, not, not gonna work because <laughs> he like pushes me at everything I do so it's like pushes you to be better yeah and teases so much which I I don't think I like but I do like because apparently I like him so <laughs> yeah that's true that's true very yeah. cool very cool yeah. well thank you yeah Hello. Is anything happening? Hello. Are you going to interview me? or No, just tell us what's going on. Okay, this is Lene Larson. I've officially changed my last name. But awesome, because I'm a Larson and a Roeberry. Um, always a Roeberry, right? Always a Roeberry at heart. Yeah, so, did I, I tell you, like, I cried the whole like first day after I got married? You did, like, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> he's working I could, like, there, so it's see her like, loyalty change come up here and it's hard for me to go from us to so, him. Like, and I was like, kind of Mom, <laughs> not a runner anymore. Well, I'm sure that's how your mom felt about you. Probably. I'm sure that's how every mom feels about their kid. Probably. It's not like we're abandoning you. I know, but still. She didn't look up at us like... Like so, we're her having uh, an earth anymore. Yeah. It's been really cool. Awesome. So you've been replaced. <laughs> I well, I guess it's fine. Yeah. Fine. So I mean, he's worth it. I know. So I guess. I mean, that's kind of what happens when you get married. Anyways, I am currently finishing my first semester of my senior year. I do. I I'm in the experience design and management program so i have this semester and then i have fall semester and then i graduate so i'm super excited i got a scholarship to school which was pretty cool i am currently working a ta job but i got a summer internship working for a new startup company in draper i'm gonna be on their marketing team as their growth lead so basically i'll just find influencers and pay them a lot of money and write contracts and stuff for them to promote our products for us um besides that oh we just bought a condo our first home purchase it's on the border of american fork and lehigh um it's super cute it is totally adulting we're gonna have a mortgage it's gonna be so great we have three beds two baths it's just a cute little condo brand new though they're just barely building it so we'll move in next month and it's getting warm out we went skiing all summer we skied like 20 days all winter (laughs) we skied all winter we skied 20 days over the winter we have been very busy past phone spencer 
What's up, what's up, guys? Um, to be honest, I'm kind of boring. I just do the same thing every day. I just work and then come home and hang out with Lene. So, yeah. So for work, I cover Salt Lake to Provo and then all of Montana. So I go to Montana about a night a week. I was in Bozeman this last week. Um, just kind of bouncing around. Things are going good. Um, start my MBA this August with Utah State, which is exciting. So I'm going to be starting my MBA online while working, um, which is exciting. And then, just like Lene said, did a lot of skiing and looking forward to warming up, do some boating, do some swimming. Pumped to have the Roberries in town all summer long. So, yeah, yeah, things are good. That's what I... Okay. Anything don't else you guys want to? Too fast, yeah. especially because we don't. Um, since I got home from my mission. Keep up the good work, guys. You never know how much good you do. Doing awesome. Yeah. What do you guys think of your new nephew? Super cute baby, I would say the cutest baby I've ever seen out of the womb. However, his body looks like a little alien body. Cute face though. Cute face, alien body. He's got a little chicken leg. But he's cute. He's a very cute baby. We like. Him as a baby, he's, we've never heard him cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if he's for a good. While, so. he's, I think I've seen him awake maybe five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, he's read like so fun. Okay, we love you guys. Love y'all. Sister Roberry and Elder Roberry, or I could say Sasha and Coleman. This is Grandma <coughs> and and Grandpa together. And Grandpa. We're just reporting to you all that's been happening with us. Um, First of all, we're doing so well here in Provo. Uh, We just feel so (laughs) at home here, and it's so fun being with the older grandkids and um, being able to see Tyler and Maddie right after the baby was born and and, uh, love that little David. We've gotten to love on him quite a lot. And we love it. (laughs) It's... uh... It's amazing to see Tyler as a father. Mm. Uh, he's always a good young man, somewhat pesty younger words in his younger years, but uh, there's a certain love, protection, and nobility that comes over him as he's working with David and Maddie. He's so good, and uh, to watch Maddie as a, a sweet mom and you know, it's a little interesting becoming a mom and dad in those first few days when you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to uh, <laughs> be a mom and dad. So it's it's wonderful. Yeah. So a few of the things Grandpa and I have been doing, we they had us start doing missionary prep, but since some of the, the youth in our, the stake that we're in didn't really have testimonies of the gospel and they were struggling, they decided to name it Step for the Prep, prep for the Step, well, we meaning the Prep for the Next yeah. Step. And maybe the next step is <coughs> growing your testimony because you don't know if you have one. And so we taught during the course of a 12-week time period, we've taught... Um, personal revelation. We've talked about gaining your own testimony. We've talked about the temple and making and keeping sacred covenants. Uh, We gave them a whole class period on the service mission. We had the proselyting service mission come and speak. We had the stake president come and speak. I mean, it has been a full, full mission prep class. Teaching missionaries would come and 
show them how to teach a certain part of the discussion, and then they we had them break up in companionships and study it, and they would teach a little bit. Uh, so it's uh, been far more than than they have ever had with that, and it's been exciting. It has been really good, and uh, you probably know this, but maybe you don't. Um, your uncle Justin and I. Uh, applied to teach at BYU Education Week for 2022. It'll be in August. And we were accepted to team teach together. <coughs> and so that's I, I'll be teaching two days, and he'll be teaching two days. And basically the main topic is increasing happiness, decreasing depression, thriving in 2022. And so I'm real excited. I've been preparing a, a slideshow for that, and it's almost done. In fact, tomorrow I have to present it. It'll be at, my first time presenting it wholly. At a, at yeah. a uh, friend's home with Yeah, them. at a friend's home. But she's not only preparing. You know Grandma. I mean, she is doing it over and over and over as far as getting it good. Her slides are just amazing, and it will be wonderful. She actually did a similar presentation for our, our uh, kids in the prep for the step class, uh, for two weeks and yeah. it was marvelous. Yeah, we did a whole thing for the missionary prep class on emotional resilience, being prepared and how do you communicate with your roommate or a companion? Uh, I mean, positively communicate. And that was really fun. We just had him doing all sorts of role plays. So grandpa, what uh, have you been doing? Well, I've been doing a lot <laughs> with the mission, with the service mission and the, the office uh, advising them uh, while putting together an MTC for all the service missionaries worldwide. And uh, then we have been interviewing missionaries when they had about a month left, finding out what what really made the difference to them. And it wasn't a surprise, uh, the opportunity to serve and the spirit that came. And there's a lot of other things I could tell you. And now we're looking at uh, why some missionaries are asking to be released early, whether it's parents or whatever, or depression. Um, and so or school or something. So what we, we've sent out um, emails to the, they're like IFRs. You guys probably mm-hmm. don't know what, those are the first reporting people. In-field representative. Pres- yeah, for mission presidents to the essays. And we trained them on sending the information out to their, like the mission presidents, they're called SMLs. And uh, they're now sending in uh, any information they have when a missionary wants to be released early and why. And, and Grandma and I go through that and pick out what are the root causes and then develop training. We have like now 200 and some odd uh, what they, they would be mission presidents for service missionaries uh, in Canada and the United States, and now we're in 17 countries. So this is exciting stuff. Uh, they should be moving into Africa before too long, but I know they're already in parts of Brazil. And uh, so that's exciting. And what else? Well, we have Gabe's going to be getting his endowment soon. Samantha's getting her endowment in July. Joey's getting married in July. And so we've got a very full 
full summer ahead. And we leave Friday after yeah. your mom heads off to, and we go to Texas yep. with Christy and her family for the blessing of little Everly Celeste. Yeah. So she'll be a good friend with little David. <clears throat> they are not that far apart in age. No, not at all. And then we will be going to Mesa the very next weekend because my brothers and sisters, you know, Uncle Casey has passed away, but there's, so there's 10 of the original 11, and we are going to get together for a reunion, and then we're going to the to Mesa Temple pageant and, and to the Mesa Temple. Yeah. So I think that'll be really and sweet. And Grandpa, I have received authorization from President <coughs> Nelson's office to seal Joseph and Lauren. And that's always a humbling, marvelous thing. And been doing a lot of sealing uh, in the Provo City Center Temple. I seal on Thursdays from 11 until about 3.30, 4 o'clock. And then on Saturday morning, some 6 a.m., I have to be there at 5.30. Ooh, that's a little early. <laughs> until uh, about 11 o'clock in the morning. And Grandma? I am an ordinance worker on Thursday shift from 9.30 a.m. until 2. So I leave at 9 o'clock, and I'm there till 2. And I just love it. At the Provo City Center is just uh, just one of the prettiest temples ever, and stained glass all over. It just is. I I don't I haven't been to a temple I didn't love, but, uh, but I really do like Provo City Center a lot. It's fun for most of that time. We're in the temple together, and people will come and tell me how much they love Sister Roberry. Says she's so bright and and like likable and lovely. And I said, yeah. And then she comes up in the ceiling office if she can to say hi. And all the folks, anyway, it's just a sweet, sweet time. It's such a privilege to be there. And uh, most importantly, we got, your mama's here. And so uh, we got to have a little get together to, for her tonight. And of course, we had Sam and Joey and Lauren and John and John's girlfriend. And oh my goodness, Jake Daneman and his wife came. Tana King came. And Jen Lund and all of her family came. So it was just a sweet party of about 20, over 20 people. And we just uh, loved it. And I'm sure we'll have more of that this summer when they come. Yeah, the one mistake be I so made fun. is not stopping things and having your mom tell everybody about what they are doing in, in Dubai. In Dubai, we should have done that. I know. We should have done that. So this summer, we'll need <coughs> to do that when we have folks over. It hit me as... Because they, they don't, probably don't even know about the expo, many of them. I bet they don't. So, so. Well, we just want to tell both of you how proud we are of you and, and how your dedication to the Lord and loving people and living your life to the very best you know how. And, and, That's right. Uh, we feel so blessed to, to be connected with both of you. And... You now forever be able to tell little David that you were on your missions when he was born and tell him stories. You guys will be a great aunt and uncle to this cute little guy. Very sweet. uh, We're just so grateful to to be your grandpa and grandma and uh, the kind of wonderful, wonderful people you are, but especially that you have your priorities straight. 
And uh, I just wish I could be there with you and be your companion mm, see all the cool things that go on. (laughs) Because each of you do have a certain spark of spunk in you that make things happen and uh, in a somewhat fun and most interesting manner, let's put it that way. Well, and just know that we love you, and thanks for, thanks for loving the, uh, the Lord enough to serve him 24-7 <coughs> and commit to serve him for your full length. Uh, we sure love you a lot. Yeah. The gospel's true, and so are you. Love you. Savior's real. Love you. Mm-hmm. Bye.